Over the past few years, I have asked you guys to give me a rating and review. And if you've done that, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. It's so helpful. But if you haven't, I get it. I kind of get it. Like, I'm asking you to go and click on this thing and then like, how do I do it? And then I have to come up with some kind of a review and I don't know what to say and I'll do it later, right? I, I get it. I've, I've kind of been there before. I, I know exactly how you feel. And so I'm not asking you to do that now, okay? What I'm asking you to do now is so easy. Anybody can do it and it literally takes like one second. Go into whatever you're listening to, whether it's Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on, they all have it, and just click on the subscribe button. Just subscribe. It takes one second. You don't have to be creative. You don't have to come up with a review and write it all out and you know be self-conscious about it. Just hit that subscribe button. That would be so, so, so impactful for me. And if you're enjoying this and getting a lot out of it, that would mean the world to me. It really would. And it's so easy. Anyone can do it. Like, let's literally stop listening right now. Stop listening. Go and do it. That's how much it means to me. Nobody ever asks you to leave their show and stop listening for anything. But I'm asking you to stop listening right now. Go and just quickly subscribe. Come right back and take a listen. That would mean the world to me. I would really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. And I really appreciate it. Thanks. I think that most short-term rental owners give discounts when there's vacancies in their booking schedule, but they don't do it far in advance. And I wouldn't do it far in advance for friends and family either. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for joining me on Just Our Real Estate. I appreciate you being here. I'm excited to be here with you with another live uh, replay of my live that I do every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific. I do it on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook at Just Start Real Estate on Facebook. I also show up on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, all the other places that you get on social media. All right. This was a really, really fun one. I had some great questions about... Um, Talking about the, I, I got asked the question, uh, which team member has been the hardest for you to find, and um, it's 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 an easy answer, hands down. Everybody has the hardest time with this team member, and so I answer that question. Stay tuned for that. Uh, that's worth listening to alone. Uh, we also talk about long term uh, rental properties and how often you should be going in and doing property inspections. It's a very important question. Um, also. Uh, giving discounts to friends and family for booking vacant weeks in your short-term rentals. I had a lot to say about that. And uh, with market shifts, um, talking about uh, switching your investment strategy. If you're a flipper, should you be a buy and hold person in this market or any other combination of, of switching and, and playing the shell game with your business? And uh, you can probably tell by my little teaser how I feel about that. Um, so check it out, guys. This was a big one. Also, uh, I do have a free course to help you get more leads. It's called Winning Direct Mail. If you go to winningdirectmail.com or go to mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail and you can get your hands on that it's free it's a video course i may start charging for it so get it while it's free now that's not an idle threat i think i am going to charge for it uh in the near future i just haven't done it yet so if you're listening to this could be too late go check it out if it's free grab it it may not be free forever all right guys without any further ado i give you my latest q and a welcome to my live wednesday uh my insta family welcome to you too uh we are live here guys like we are every wednesday at seven o'clock 
Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Last week, though, I was not actually live. Uh, I didn't try to fool you. I told you right on the beginning of it, if you were there in the beginning, uh, that I was out of town and uh, attending Flip Hacking Live, which I talked about on this live. I've talked about my podcast. I emailed. If you're on my email list, you got an email about it. Uh, I was speaking there. Uh, some of the best and brightest real estate investors from around the country. Just an awesome event. Um, I got to speak there again this year. And I talked about how to like build like foundationally like build your company scale it and automate it in any market right so we're going into recession everyone's kind of freaking out and wondering if they can do real estate with the recession with interest rates rising and, and property values going down and all the craziness and uh that was something i addressed at flip hacking live and kind of showed how you can cut through the actual recession and cut through um you know, a, a bad real or, or I shouldn't say a bad real estate market. That's that's not true. Through a different real estate market as it shifts, right? How do you get through all that and still be profitable and still grow and not stress out and not you know go out of business? And there's no reason to go out of business, right? This market that we're going into is as good as the market we left, just in different ways, right? It depends on what you're looking for. Um, if you're a homeowner, like a retail seller, yeah, it's it's a worse market, no doubt about it. I'm talking about investors. As an investor, the market we're going into is every bit as good as the one we're leaving. In fact, I personally prefer the market that we're going into. I think it's going to work in our favor as investors in a lot of ways. Um, and I'm open to talk about that tonight if anybody has questions or wants to chat about it. But that's what I talked about at Flip Hacking Live. Uh, it was a great presentation. And I got to see some other really... Um, cool, smart investors uh, talk about what they're doing in their business and how they're growing and um, how they're talking to sellers, how they're marketing, uh, how they're kind of going back to basics. When Whenever you have a, a, a market shift where things seem unstable or you're unsure, uh, it's always good to go back to what a friend of mine, Annie McFarland, calls blocking and tackling. Like the fundamentals. We go back to the fundamentals. We talk about what has, what always works, what worked 20 years ago, or 10 years ago, what works now? And the market's nothing to be afraid of, but you just have to you have to plug into a network. You have to plug into a group. You have to find a coach, a mentor. You really should find someone who's been through some of that stuff and they know what to expect and they know how to help you navigate that. The, the entire reason why I was able to blow my company up, and by blow it up, I mean grow it fast, exponential growth, was because I had coaches, mentors, friends, people who were in business a lot longer than me who could kind of show me the way and kind of navigate me through some of the rough waters. And so uh, I want to be here to do that for you, uh, both on this live and in in a more substantial way. If you want to, you can always go to my website, mikesimmons.com, and uh, click on the coaching tab and see what I have available for you there. Um, but in the meantime, if you want something for free, for me, that will help you generate leads, which is always like a big topic. Whenever I am around a group of investors and we start chatting, it seems like uh, leads are always something that bubbles up to the top of what we end up talking about. So um, into that end, I've created a course in direct mail, a direct mail course, right? So direct mail has been responsible for the vast majority of the deals I've gotten in the last seven years, uh, over 700 deals. Um, it's it's been responsible for the vast majority of those and i did a kind of an informal survey before i went to flip hacking live and i reached out to all of my friends and people that i know in real estate that have a really successful business and i asked them what their 
best marketing uh, channel is? Where do they get the most deals? Where do they make the most money? Like, what would they, what would they give up last if they had to start giving up some of their marketing? And uh, virtually every one of them said direct mail was the best. And so, if you're not sure how to do it, or if you think you know how to do it and you, and you think you're doing a pretty good job, but you're not sure if there's anything you're missing or you want to maybe dial it in and get a little bit better go and grab my course it's called winning direct mail and it's free right now uh i have sort of hinted at this for a while that i may start charging for it i think it's valuable i don't think that it's uh it when you think of a free thing you think of something that's just sort of quick and kind of got thrown together in an hour and it's a pdf or something this is not this is five videos um a couple of them are fairly substantially long um it's not the length of the videos, though. It's the quality of, of the content. And so I, I know the content is of high quality. And I think I should be charging, um, if not several hundred dollars, maybe a couple thousand dollars. And I, I'm toying with that. So grab it while it's free. I don't know that I'm going to let it be free forever. Um, but I am for now. Until I figure out what I want to do, it's going to be free. So you should go grab that before I charge for it. And again, it's called Winning Direct Mail. You can go to MikeSimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail or you can just go to winningdirectmail.com you can get it there too okay uh let's dive into today's questions and if you're live and you have questions uh then then please uh, uh ask them in the chat and i will prioritize them okay first question which team member has been the hardest for you to find um I, without question, and I think this is not unique to me i i think this happens uh in a lot of real estate companies so in real estate, there are there's a sales function, just like in any business, right? We have sales. But in real estate, especially a wholesaler, there's two kinds of sales. There's the sales where you go out and talk to the homeowners and you buy their house from them with a purchase agreement. That's that's like front end. We call that acquisitions. We're acquiring homes. So acquisitions. Once you get the home under contract, if you're a wholesaler, there's something called dispositions right and our dispositions manager takes that purchase agreement and he sells it to another investor for a higher price than what we have it under contract for and that's how we make money right we make the difference so the question is what's the hardest member uh, of the team that's hardest to, uh, the member that's been hardest to find it's acquisitions it's almost always acquisitions and the reason why is it takes a really good quality experienced salesperson to do it really, really well, because you're dealing with folks in a lot of cases that have a lot of personal distress. Their house probably even has distress, meaning it is in bad shape. And it's difficult to find really good acquisitions people. And the funny thing is, sometimes you hire an acquisitions person and you think you have a really good one and you don't. And you know, may, and sometimes you find out because they quit or whatever happens, and they're not with you anymore. And then you hire somebody else, and they're an, actually a really good salesperson, and you kind of see the difference. Or you hire someone you think is pretty good, your business is growing, so you need a second one, and you bring that second one in, and they just blow the doors off the first one, and you realize the first one was just okay. Um, it's a tough position, and it's so important. It's so important to all positions in your company are important. Trust me, but acquisitions, I think, is a little bit maybe even more important. And there's an opportunity cost with acquisitions. If you get a bad, or you have a bad acquisitions manager, or you're doing acquisitions for your own company, and you're not doing it at the highest level, you're not really good. You're just doing it because it's your company, and and you need someone to do it. 
then <clears throat> you may be leaving deals on the table, so to speak. And you're not getting all the deals that you should be getting and or you're getting deals, but you're not getting them at the right price because you're not a good enough salesperson or your acquisitions person is not a good enough salesperson to get it at the actual price that you need to get it. <clears throat> now, I mentioned that the market that we're going into and that we're kind of in now is great in it, or at least just as good. And it is the challenge with the market that we're going into because we're sort of in the gap phase, meaning we were up here with prices. We're going to end up somewhere down here, right? Whatever that is, but we're in the transition. And when you're in the transition, sometimes it's difficult because as prices are going down, you have to buy prices and you have to run comps and your ARV has to reflect a declining market. And so most people will say, okay, well, over the last six months, uh, house, houses like the one that I want is going to sell for X and maybe X is 200,000. That's the ARV, right? And so 200,000 should hold for a while. It should be pretty steady. It should be a, a consistent, stable number. But in the gap, declining market, right? We're going from here to here. It's on like a roller coaster going down. Whatever it's worth today, it's not going to be worth that in two, four, six months. And so you have to anticipate the decline of the market. And it's hard to know when it hit the bottom. You know, nobody for sure knows when it hits the bottom until it starts going back up and continues to go up or levels off indefinitely. Then you know you hit the bottom, but we don't know where that is. So it gets a little tricky. So when you're out there doing acquisitions, your acquisitions team or your acquisitions person has to be making offers that will stand the test of time. And by stand the test of time, I mean, they have to figure out today what it will be worth, let's just say in six months, because you know sometimes things happen and it just takes a little longer, days on market are longer, you could have something go wrong with the rehab, or your, your buyer could have something go wrong with the rehab, whatever the case may be. And you have to anticipate what it's going to be six months from now or you know four to six months from now and so that's a little bit trickier and so hiring an acquisitions person who's really really good at sales they they have a strong work ethic they're they're competitive i like i like acquisition people who are competitive and they're a people person like they like people they enjoy people they want to solve problems sometimes that person's difficult to find um other members of your team can be um quite easier to find than uh, acquisitions. And so you have to kind of figure out that that balance and walk that tightrope. But um, that's the position that was hardest for me. And it's the position that I have witnessed be the hardest for a lot of investors that I've worked with over the years. And I've worked with hundreds of them. And I, I hear it time and time again, I, I don't hear any other position that is consistently causing so much anxiety, stress, worry, because they either can't find someone, they found someone and they're not good, or they found someone that is good and that person's leaving. That's the other thing. A really, really great, great salesperson sometimes has a shelf life that's shorter than everybody else. They, they, they tend to be like this rocket that goes up and it can't sustain its momentum and its enthusiasm. And so it needs to move on to a new challenge. And that's why I said, you know, a good acquisitions person is very um, competitive. A very competitive person can get bored easy sometimes. And so that's the other thing. You may find that great person, but if your business isn't growing and bringing them the consistent wins or the money, to be quite frank, that they that they want, they'll move on. They'll look for something bigger and better. So just, just know acquisitions is probably going to be the toughest thing you're going to hire for.
Okay, let's let's move on to the next question. I'm going to grab a drink when we do that. All right, for long-term rental properties, how often do you recommend doing a property inspection? Does this need to be specified in the lease? In the lease, um, yeah, it needs to be specified in the lease. Number one, that's that's an easy one. Yes, you do have to specify. I suggest no more than once a month, and that's a lot. That's probably a little bit aggressive. I think once a quarter is appropriate. Um, so once every three months, that's appropriate. I think that's smart, and that's probably what you should be doing to answer the question quite directly. I think once a year is a little bit too far apart. Um, the only exception to that would be if you have a house in a nice neighborhood with renters that you've had for a while that have a long history of taking really good care of the house, maybe once a year is okay after a while. But I think when you first sign a lease with a renter, you should be doing it at least once a quarter, maybe every other month if you're concerned, or maybe if you have reason to believe the house could get exceptionally beat up, maybe you let someone in with four kids and three dogs and a cat. You know, I wouldn't, but for the record, but if you did, there's a good chance that house is going to need a little TLC sooner than others. So you might want to check it, you know, once every other month. But I think once a quarter is good, once every six months is probably pushing it quite a bit. And once a year is too long. Unless again, like you, like I said, you have a history with a renter who takes great care of it. And it's just a nice house and a nice neighborhood. You don't have to worry about anything weird going on. Like that's probably totally fine. Right. So once a quarter, I think is the best, but you have to specify in the leash. You can't, you can't go in once a quarter necessarily if nothing in the lease specifies that you're going to do that. And if for some reason your lease doesn't specify that, most long-term leases will say that the, as the owner, you have the right to enter the premises with some kind of notice, right? But I would just let them know it's a standing thing. Once a quarter, I'm coming in. And, and maybe you don't tell them the exact, like you don't say on you know, the, the first day of each quarter, because maybe they can just kind of prepare for that every time. But even if they do prepare for the record, it's fine. I mean, at least you know that the house is getting cleaned up really, really well once a quarter, right? How, and how often of us, you know, how often do you or me or anybody like really go through and clean their house? Well, probably when you have a party or something, right? Once a year, twice a year, but you can go through and realize the difference between a little bit of clutter maybe some dirty laundry on the floor versus the house is being abused, right? And so you should go in every quarter and check that out. Okay, let's let's move on to the next question. What do you think about giving a discount to friends and family uh, booking vacation weeks in a short-term rental? Um, I think that most short-term rental owners give discounts when there's vacancies in their booking schedule. Um, but they don't do it far in advance. And I wouldn't do it far in advance for friends and family either. So there's software out there that will help you dynamically price your house. So when the house is at high demand, it'll raise the prices. When it's at low demand, it'll lower them. And sometimes it'll lower them as it gets closer too, because as it gets closer, it's less and less likely to get rented. So if your friends and family want to sort of have that, uh, who did that originally, the commercial with uh, William Shatner, I think Priceline, I think did it, where if you sort of like are loose about the day and the time that you leave, you can get a really great price. And so if your friends and family are okay with being a little bit last minute-ish, um, 
yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, I would rather give my friends and family a discount on the booking than have it sit vacant sometime, right? And so if they're willing to slip into that and kind of let you tell them last minute when it's available, I think it's great. If they say to you, let's just say that your peak season for the sake of argument is July, okay, in your short-term rental. And they tell you, first of all, I wouldn't give them a discount in the month of July if that's peak season. But let's just say you're feeling lucky or you're feeling, um, I shouldn't say lucky, you're feeling generous and and you decide you're open to it. But they can't tell you in, on January 5th that they want to book it on July 21st for a week at a discount, right? You would need to get much, much closer to that week to know it's going to be vacant before I would give them a discount. Um, even if they want to book at a time that's not peak, let's just say, for the sake of argument, January is like your slowest month and you have very few bookings. I still would not let them tell you six months in advance what day they want because that could be the day of the month that everybody wants that. And you would get a full price booking on that day if you didn't pre-book it early, right? And so they they sort of have to wait and take the standby, right? The standby fare and, and wait until last minute and then tell them. But yeah, why not? I'd rather not be vacant. I'd rather give it to my friends and family at a discount uh, than have it sit vacant. But remember, don't give it to them for free, even if it's vacant, because you have to clean that house, right? It has to be cleaned. I would rather make something for my friends and family than have it sit vacant, like I said. But if you're thinking, well, if it's going to be vacant, I'll just let them stay there for free. I wouldn't do that because there are expenses that, uh, associated with um, having the house, somebody occupy it for a weekend or a week or whatever it is. So yes, vacant um, weeks, short-term rentals, discount for family and friends. Awesome. Just don't let them do it in advance. You have to know for sure it's going to be vacant before you do something like that. All right. We're moving right along. If you guys have questions live, ask them. Otherwise, I'm going to keep cranking through these questions. All right. Next one. With the market shift, do you think it would be beneficial to switch investing strategies? For instance, from flipping to buy and hold. Would it be beneficial? Okay. So the, the way that this question was asked, I'm going to answer it the way it was asked but then I'm gonna answer what I think most people are, are thinking that's being asked here, okay? So could it be beneficial to switch? Yeah, it could switch from buy and hold, I'm sorry, switch from flipping to buy and hold because as interest rates go up, there's gonna be more people renting. As prices of homes go down and interest rates go up, it's like a perfect storm for rentals, right? House prices are, uh, are going down, which is great, but the the uh, uh, the rates going up uh, is causing people to not want to buy, but because the house prices are going down, as an investor, it's going to be easier for you to buy, right? You can buy at a cheaper price than you could over the last two years, and so you can buy low, and because rates are so high, people are going to come to you to rent. So it's a perfect storm of rentals. Now, that's one thing. Could it be beneficial to switch your strategy? It could, but there's a much different cash situation between flipping and buy and hold. Flipping gives you big chunks of cash every four to six months with these houses, right? And let's just say you're in a, in a normal average kind of a situation and not in some crazy inflated situation. And a flip for you, an average flip, let's just say it's $30,000, right? Let's just make it a pretty straightforward flip. You're going to make $30,000. Well, it can take a long time to make $30,000 with a buy and hold. So 
if you're trying to pile up cash and get a big reserve, buy and hold's not going to do that for you. Long-term buy and hold's not going to do that. And so you have to figure out what you're trying to get out of your business. Are you trying to build cash fast or are you trying to build a portfolio that you're going to hold for 30 years and the houses are all going to double in value and rents are going to go up every year and you're going to have them paid off in the next, you know, 15, 20 years. And that's your goal. Like, like I, I would rather than worry about what the market is doing, figure out what your goal is. What is your goal as an investor? If your goal is to build a portfolio of long-term rentals that you'll eventually own free and clear, then for sure do that. If your goal is to, um, you know, put a hundred thousand dollars in your account this year, rentals won't do it. But if you're just like, what's better for the market? Should I switch? Like, I don't care if I'm buying hold or flip. I just want to know because the market's shifting, should I change? No, you don't change because of the market. Just a change your approach, change the way you run your business, change the way you talk to sellers, the way you talk to buyers, the way you deal with, like you have to adjust to the market conditions, but you don't have to change your strategy. I wholesale, I wholesaled um, back in 2015 is when I started, 2014, I started wholesaling. I still wholesale. I wholesale, I wholesaled when prices were going up. I'm going to wholesale as prices go down. You can stick with your strategy if you want. There's no reason to change because of the market. But if you're like, hey, the market's shifting, houses are getting a little bit cheaper, interest rates are going up, people are going to be coming to the rental market. I want to I want to take part in that market shift, then change. But don't change because you think you're like out you're out thinking the market. You're not. You're not out out thinking it. You're not outsmarting the market. The market's just moving around. It doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have any good or bad feelings towards you. It's not good or bad, mean or, or or you know good. It's just the market. And so if you like flipping houses, if you're a house flipper at heart, and that's what gets you up in the morning and makes you excited that you flip houses and you like it, don't stop doing it. Just do it differently. Do it smarter. Do it better. Adjust to the market. Like I said earlier, buy houses today for the value that they'll bring you in six months. Don't buy houses today for the value they would bring six months ago because that was a different market six months ago. We were in a much different situation six months ago. And six months from now, we could be in a vastly different market potentially. So we're kind of in that unstable, um, you know, downward slope or gap, whatever you want to call it. We're sort of in that transition period where the, the tectonic plates are shifting, right? And it's like the ground is rumbling and you're just trying to get your footing and figure it all out. And you're just waiting for the rumbling to sort of stop. But don't stop your business. Just be smarter about it. Okay. Do we have any more questions, Angela, back there? Behind the scenes, anything else happening? We do not. Okay, guys, we're calling it. Uh, thank you for being here. If you're watching this in replay, thank you for checking it out. If you're listening to it on podcast, my podcast, by the way, is Just Start Real Estate. You can go and check it out there. I do the replay every Thursday. So go check it there, guys. Send in your questions for next week, and I will tackle them. And as always, you can join in live, and we're happy to, to dive in and answer your questions live. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. Remember, I do these Q&As live on Facebook on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. I hope you enjoyed this. Tune in next week for another installment of live Q&As answering your questions. Okay. Until next time.